Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Robert Yeager and the Tao Foundation. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. The last weekend in May is traditionally the unofficial start to summer. So what are your plans in the coming months? Heading out of state or are you open to, quote, finding your vibe in Connecticut? State tourism officials hope so. Today, where we live, we learn about Connecticut's new $3 million tourism summer campaign. It's much bigger than the infamous $1 budget for tourism under former Governor Jody Rell in 2009. After an injection of $14 million less than a decade ago, tourism money allocated to lure residents and visitors to state attractions has decreased steadily. Coming up, Hearst, Connecticut's Dan Har joins us, and we talk to travel writer Charu Suri about what attractions in New England are expected to be a big draw this summer. And we want to hear from you. What are your favorite Connecticut destinations? You can join us. 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WMPR. Or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Some members of Connecticut Public uh, shared uh, some of their favorite summer destinations. Matt Dwyer, who's a host at Connecticut Public, uh, says a weekend walk in downtown Hartford with small children can start with the carousel in Bushnell Park. And Sam Hockaday, who's an animator and graphic designer, writes, During the summertime in Connecticut, there are a few places I enjoy more than Wickham Park. You can see that full list on our website, ctpublic.org. Again, you can join us, 888-720-9677. Now, we had hoped to hear directly from the Office of Tourism, but its director, Noelle Stevenson, was unable to join us in her place on Zoom. Maribel Lelouz, Director of External Affairs at the Connecticut Department of Economic and Community Development, Development. Maribel, welcome to the show. Good morning, Lucy. How are you? Nice I'm to be here. I'm doing well. So we played some audio from this new summer tourism campaign, Find Very Your cool. Vibe. Cool. <laughs> now, I, I want to mention that part of this campaign, uh, Connecticut plans on running ads on in-flight video on JetBlue and American Airlines. I understand there'll be ads on large digital billboards in New York yep. City's Penn Station. And yep. so when we think about tourism in Connecticut, you know, what is the goal for this campaign? Is it attracting people to come here from out of state or to you know attract more residents to visit parts of the state that they haven't been to before? Both. Well, let's see. Well, first, so Find Your Vibe is sort of the state's refresh, reskin, kind of like a glow up, essentially, of our look and feel and, and the website. Uh, ctvisit.com. We've made it easier to find things essentially there. If you take a look, there's it's organized in by interest, which is kind of more, which is more of a trending of how people look for things. Because sometimes you don't really know what you want, but you know what you like. So we made it, we put like a, a box there for CT Unplugged um, that shows some of the different music festivals, CT Sweet Dreams, some of our different, you know, hotels and, and places to stay. And that information is refreshed every single week, every single weekend, there's new stuff to do. So check us out. Um, but this is really 
um, it was just time. It was essentially time to um, create a new perception of the state. This was the first time that we had this level of investment in a long time. So we wanted to turn the camera around and show what the state really looked like um, and change or challenge the perception that we're just, you know, kind of Stepford Wives and cul-de-sacs. We are a lot more than that. And it was a really fun campaign to work on, I must say. And kudos, by the way, just to Matt Dwyer for uh, his downtown Hartford um, <laughs> walk around, because I agree with him. Yeah, you, can't, you can't beat the, the carousel <laughs> in the summertime. Now, I had mentioned... I had mentioned Noelle Stevenson is the director of the Office of Tourism. I understand that she's from Florida. And so when you talk about, you know, Connecticut's identity and needing yep. a, a glow up, I'm just wondering, yep. you know, what is her perspective on uh, Connecticut's identity and, and how the state sells itself? She is extremely passionate and extremely creative. So we we basically... Um, lured Noelle from Miami. She was uh, she worked in tourism there for many years in Miami and South Florida. And so one of her big things is that there's 169 ways to look at Connecticut. There's so much here to offer. We have four seasons, um, but we just really hadn't we just really hadn't had the opportunity um, to kind of just take a step back and grab some footage and it's something that we've been doing over the last year just grabbing as many images and as much footage as we, as we can and this campaign you know one of the strategic objectives of it is to share that with as many people as possible and try new things so like you mentioned so we're going to be i don't know if anybody has seen it but um the new penn station it's really like fancy and nice and on one side of that wall there's four essentially theater sized screens and we're going to do a takeover of that whole area and do like a like a storyboard essentially on the four screens um you said we're going to be in we're going to be in jet blue we're going to be in jet blue for the entire summer and we're doing targeted stuff there like in our fly markets so we're going to do we're going to be off flights in and out of connecticut boston new york jersey we're going to be in off flights in and out of florida um, we're going to take over one of the Hamptons, Jitney. And, you know, if you're thinking about going to the Hamptons, you should think about coming to Connecticut. Um, I just think that there is a lot of that things that people don't know. They don't know that we have film festivals. They don't know that we have indie music. They don't know that we have dope restaurants in our cities. They don't know about our hotels. They don't know that we may have a vineyard that has a, like a tricked out Harry Potter area. And you have to give people that information wherever they are. So we're trying to just pretty much go big and go home and just mm. share some really cool images with as many people as possible in the region and in other countries. And is it, is it a tough sell though? You mentioned uh, Boston and Florida to, to attract people from those areas to come to Connecticut. No, I don't think so. You know, we're, we may not be for everybody, but we may be, for, I mean, if you want to, I think our size actually is one of our advantages because if you want to, you know, wake up and start your day with a hike, then go to a vineyard, then maybe check out a music festival, then maybe end your day with dinner on the water, then we might be for you. Connecticut might be for you. I don't think it's a tough sell. I think mm -hmm. people, there's, I think there's a lot of pent up energy right now. Um, people are traveling. They're interested in traveling. Um, at this point, they've kind of been used to over the last few years, they're used to traveling safely. So I think there's a lot of pent up demand. I don't think it's a tough sell at all. Mm -hmm. Occupancy is up versus this time last year. People are traveling more. Um, so I think we're in it. So when you talk about you don't think it's a tough sell and occupancy is up, who are yep. the people occupying our hotels? What does the data show, Maribel? It's 22% up uh, this year versus last year. So there's more people traveling. But I also think, and, and you know, you kind of touched upon this, 
what a, I think we have to think about what a tourist is right now differently. So for example, we have a lot more people working from home, right? And we've had, we know that we've had, you know, over 15,000 change of address forms in the state over the last two years. So there's more people here um, looking for stuff to do. And if you're, there's more people, for example, staying in an Airbnb for a longer length of time, that person may or may not know what's going on in the state. So I think we have to think about the way people travel, and you can't see my hands right now, but I'm doing air quotes, the way people travel a little differently. So the campaign targets the region, it targets fly markets, it targets drive markets, but it also targets residents um, looking for stuff to do and trying to make it easier. So, okay, fine. So you can go to the Mystic Seaport, but do you know the restaurants that are around there? Do you know that are the closest restaurants that are around there? We're trying to make it easy to find uh, a quick itinerary for those that are making plans on the fly. The Connecticut mayor reported that the census found that at the onset of the pandemic, Connecticut had one of the greatest declines, 36% in travel, tourism, and outdoor recreation employment in the United States. Also, tourism income in the state decreased by nearly 10%. So when we think about uh, the money allocated for this summer campaign, Maribel, can you put it in perspective here, $3 million? Our budget is 11.5 now, thanks to ARPA um, and the investment by the governor and the legislature. I can tell you just, I can tell you if the trends right now are up. So if occupancy is up 22% January, January through April last year versus this year, and our traffic on CT visit is up over 43%, uh, 43%, people are looking for stuff to do right now. That's what we're seeing. And I think, Right now at 11, at 11 and a half, um, we used to have one of the lowest budgets, but now, you know, now we're in the game. You really can't like throw a nice party if you don't invest in a good invitation. And so what we're doing with this campaign is, you know, basically you're buying people's attention and, you know, information comes from everywhere. But for every person that comes to check out the site and has a good experience, they go to one of our businesses, they go to one of our restaurants, they share that information with their friends, they tell somebody about it, they post a picture. That's the kind of investment that you need. And that's what we're hearing from our, vis our businesses that they want from us. You're hearing Mel Maribel Laluz here on Where We Live, Director of External Affairs at the Connecticut Department of Economic and Community Development, as we talk about this new summer tourism campaign uh, in Connecticut to attract people from out of state, but also residents to explore uh, each region. Um, we could love to hear from you. You can join us, 888-720-9677. We'd love to hear what your favorite Connecticut destinations are. Uh, before we uh, hear from another perspective, Maribel, you know, I was looking at this uh, 2018 report uh, to the incoming Lamont administration at the time, uh, mm -hmm. the Arts, Culture, and Tourism Committee, mm -hmm. and they had some recommendations for what they'd like to see from the administration, including Connecticut must immediately increase competitiveness with neighboring states mm -hmm. by securing increased and sustainable funding through a shift of existing revenue and guaranteed allocations for arts, culture, and tourism. So what can Connecticut learn from our neighboring states who, uh, by the way, have been spending a lot more money on tourism? Yeah. So that tourism years. council and that tourism coalition, the arts and culture council that you're talking about, we just met with them actually two weeks ago. They love this campaign. So this is part of a strategic plan. It's a 70 page doc, not gonna go over it, but I, you're, everybody's welcome to see it. Um, it it's essentially so part of what Noel has done here um, 
is she's reactivated sort of the sales and marketing um, division of the Office of Tourism. And all we presented the strategic plan to all of those folks um, who all of our stakeholders, and they actually really loved it. They loved it. If this was just more about fun and color and personality, and I think that was the biggest feedback we got. Um, the other thing is we wanted to make a holistic experience. Like what does a day in Connecticut look like? How do we make it easier to find stuff? Like when you, like, how do we make what you do? Like, I know Lucy, you post on social, like the different things that you do. How do we take that experience and amplify it um, for people looking for stuff to do? And so I think that they have, that we heard that feedback from them and we're just starting to roll out the campaign. It started last week and you'll be able to see it and check it out um, through different influencers. You'll be able to see it when you fly. You'll be able to see it when you travel on the train. You're going to see it in billboards. Um, and then hopefully that leads you back and you have a good experience in the state. But we're getting a lot of positive feedback so far. Um, we're open to all feedback, but so far so good. And getting back to part of my question, when we think about what other New England states are doing, uh, the what can we learn from them? I think that we all have similar um i think we all have similar residents and similar uh interest and i think that we all have to keep up with the idea that travel is different right now post pandemic you may have somebody who's in your state who's going to be there for a couple of months and that's also a different level of tourism so that digital nomad i think we're all kind of learning um how to target that person and you just have to make it easy for people because they have a lot of options. Mm -hmm. But right now, our competitive advantage is, again, we're kind of a smaller state with a hell, hell of a lot to do. So I think what we've learned is that you have to have you have to invest um, in giving people the information. You have to invest in um, making it easy for people to find that information. Um, and you have to think about your state differently. But you do have to make that investment in order for your messages and your information to be heard. Again, you can join us 888-720-9677. You know, during the pandemic, obviously a lot of people planning staycations. Uh, maybe you discovered a part of the state that you didn't know much about. We'd love to hear about that destination uh, that piqued your interest, and maybe you'll be returning this summer. Again, our number, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. When we think about the, the tourism um, component as well as all of the different businesses that are part of of attracting or making uh, Connecticut uh, a fun place uh, to live. Uh, joining us now on Zoom is Mark Ensline, who uh, runs CT Bike Tours that's based in Guilford. Mark, welcome to our show. Thank you, Lucy. It's a pleasure to be here. And so tell me how you got interested in offering uh, bike tours around the state and, you know, who are the folks that are booking these tours? Actually, it was a wine tour in California that made me realize that we have something very similar here in Connecticut, a very diverse um, geography. Um, we have a beautiful shoreline. We have um, just, just some great diversity in the state. I think Maribel hit the nail on the head when she said, you can do several things in the same day. We'll have people do our bike tours in the morning and head into New Haven in the afternoon and go out for pizza in the evening. So. Um, being small, I think, is a great benefit to the state. Uh, we also partner with a boat tour company out of the uh, out of Stony Creek. So it's actually a bike and boat tour. We'll put you on a bicycle for about 13 miles from Guilford to Stony Creek, run along the shoreline, which is a beautiful shoreline. 
put you on a boat that'll take you around the Thimble Islands and back on the bike and back to Guilford. Um, the people who do this tour, this past weekend, we had people from New Zealand and Texas. Uh, but at the same time, we get people from Hartford, Connecticut, who never realized the shoreline could be so pretty. I like hearing that you have people from New Zealand and Texas on your bike tours. What brings them to the state? Are they visiting family? Or I'm just curious uh, what, what you can tell us from what you've gleaned from them. One young woman was on sabbatical from New Zealand working at Yale. Yale is a huge draw to people into the, uh, into this area. Um, I don't, you know, so that's, that's, that to me has been a, um, a boon being near Yale University uh, because they do bring a lot of people into the, uh, into the area. The lady from Texas was visiting family in Massachusetts and she flew into New York and on her way up to Massachusetts, stopped in Connecticut to see what was going on and discovered uh, CT bike tours. Nice. So we heard from Maribel earlier about uh, this new campaign, uh, how people can learn information on the website. You know, what would help you in terms of having people connect with operators like yourself? What do you want to hear from the state? I think what we need to promote more is coordination between the various tour groups. Not necessarily. This. I think the state's doing a pretty decent job right now. I'm very excited about this new program that Maribel described. I think that's going to be a big boom for us. But when I get clients calling me up for a bike tour, and for some reason, whether it be the timing, the age of the participants, um, the fact that they have to ride 20 miles on a bicycle, may not appeal to them, I will always recommend other forms of entertainment uh, within the state. Maybe they can take the boat tour, take the Essex train ride, uh, go into the Yale Art Gallery. There are so many other things you can do within the area um, that it'd be nice. I'm hoping that other companies do the same, that they give those clients who are calling them options to do other things if it doesn't fit their needs. Hey, Lucy, can I jump in here for a second? It's Maribel. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, just want to say two things that Mark actually made an awesome point right there talking about the woman who was on sabbatical. That's an example of a new tourist. So we have, um, we were spending some time downstate in Stanford and we were hearing feedback. There was a lot of nurses, for example, renting Airbnbs for a couple of months or people who had sold their home and couldn't, um, couldn't buy a new one right away. Um, they were also sort of renting places to stay for longer. Those are all people that we're trying to reach. Um, so that's like a new style of tourist. Um, I just wanted to say that, but also I want to let Mark know and everybody know that we are going to start our um, fan tours again now that like, you know, hopefully we're kind of back to normal. And basically what that means is you, you, you know, you get a group of people who are either influencers or who care or journalists or bloggers or what have you, um, uh, people like Mark who have businesses and we do a tour around the state so that everybody gets kind of like a refresh or kind of reintroducing. I mean, a lot has changed over the last few years. So we're going to start that up again, hopefully in the next few months. And hopefully Mark, you can join us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mark, I understand that you're retired and now you're doing this. It's your passion. Uh, you know, what's it like living in Connecticut and doing this every summer? What's your motivation versus, uh, you know, going down South? Going down south, oh my gosh, I never <laughs> thought of that. Well, that's <laughs> uh, <hard. laughs> nice. Just, it, it, it's a beautiful state. I mean, we're halfway between two major metropolitan areas, two cultural centers, and we've become a cultural center in ourselves. New Haven is a great city. I mean, I've lived here now for almost 40 years, um, born and raised in Flushing, Queens, and came to school up here and, and stayed. Um, and just discovered that there's so much diversity in the state. Uh, 
New Haven really has become a cultural center in and of itself. The shoreline is beautiful. You've got some nice beaches here. You don't have to go to Long Island to go to the beach. Uh, you don't have to fight that traffic out there. You can go to Hammonasset or Sherwood um, Island, and, and the beaches are really, really very nice. You don't have the waves, but you know the Long Island sounds a lot cleaner than it was 40 years ago, too. So yeah, some good lobster rolls and some good, good lo- oh, lobster rolls. <laughs> we had lobster rolls yesterday at, uh, in, uh, in Guilford. Yeah, I understand. Maybe somebody can 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 uh, back this up. Is Connecticut the only state that makes a hot lobster roll? Is that is that um, kind of no? But we're the most delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank Thank you so much, <laughs> Maribel Lelouz, again with the Connecticut Department of Economic and Community Development. We'd love to hear from Noelle uh, Stevenson uh, for a future show. Hope we can absolutely. Make She'll be on. Thanks again, Maribel. And I want to thank Mark Ensline for joining us, uh, who operates CT Bike Tours based in Guilford. Mark, thank you for your time today on the show. You're very welcome, Lucy. Thank you very much. You're listening to Where We Live as we talk about summer tourism. I read a couple of summer favorites uh, from our Connecticut public newsroom. John Henry Smith, who hosts uh, the local host of All Things Considered, shared, In the nearly four years I've lived in Connecticut, summer heat has been my cue to hit Quirk Park in Farmington. That is my happy place. We'd love to hear from you as well, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Support for this podcast comes from Hartford HealthCare. Elevating Health is funded by Hartford HealthCare. Loneliness can be a significant health risk to people of all ages. Dr. Laura Saunders, a psychologist from Hartford HealthCare's Institute of Living, talks about social isolation and why we need to connect in person. Loneliness actually is a pretty significant health risk for people that struggle with social isolation. It affects their blood pressure, it affects their immune system, it affects your willingness to get up and get out and can cause some not just emotional issues, but health problems as well. You're not alone. Dr. Saunders explains how important it is for us to look to others and get out of our comfort zone. I like to talk about social isolation as not just that individual's problem, but it's a community problem or it's a family problem. We need to connect with others. We can take space at times as well, but we need to step out of our comfort zone and do things to connect with other people. It's life-saving. For more information, go to ctpublic.org slash health. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Today we're talking about summer tourism in light of uh, the state launching a new summer tourism campaign called Find Your Vibe. It's a $3 million campaign. We just heard from DECD. You can join us if you have a favorite Connecticut destination uh, that you want to mention on the show, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. It can be a destination or a particular summer event uh, CJ's calling in from Waterbury. CJ, can you hear me? 
Oh, it doesn't look like uh, CJ uh, is there right now. Hopefully we can get back to that caller in uh, just a few. Now, the U.S. Travel Association says tourism budgets this year have increased in 24 states since 2020. And over the past five years, state tourism spending increased 27 percent, amounting to nearly 24 million on average. That's including states like Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Connecticut did not provide data to the U.S. Travel Association. Now, we wanted to hear from you again about Connecticut destinations you think should get more attention or what some of your favorite places are. Our number again, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Joining us now on Zoom is Dan Haar, Associate Editor of Hearst, Connecticut. Dan, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Great to be here, Lucy. <laughs> so what do you, what's your take on this new $3 million summer tourism campaign? Uh, yeah, you know, the $3 million puts, as Maribel said, the $3 million puts Connecticut back in the game. Uh, 2011 was the infamous year of $1. The following year, the newly elected Governor Malloy upped it to $15 million, uh, for tourism, which is the most it's been. Uh, it's bounced around up and down under Malloy. And of course, you really can't count the pandemic. We don't know it doesn't matter what the spending was in the last two years. It's, it's, that's a sort of an irrelevant, you know, because it's, it, it, it wasn't a normal time and being back up now to 11 or 12, that's a great thing. It puts us back in the game. The 3 million is enough to uh, do some damage as they say. So uh, that's a good thing. I think the big question is um, how do you market to such a broad, not just group of types of people, but to broad purposes uh, and that's one of the real dilemmas that the tourism budget in this and every state faces. Right. Uh, CJ is back from Waterbury. CJ, can you hear me now? Hi, this is CJ. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, CJ, go ahead and tell us uh, what, what uh, event you want to highlight happening in Connecticut this summer. Well, I was delighted about your show today because uh, we've been running Waterbury Harry Potter Day for the last three years, and we'll be doing our fourth this summer. And it's a great way to bring uh, people for a fun day to downtown Waterbury, making use of the magic that is already here. Local coffee shops make their special butterbeer, wizard beer. The restaurants have wizarding menus. Uh, We have magic shows by local magicians. Uh, It's a fun day, and I was very interested in taking data. Generally, I thought, oh, it's going to mostly be Waterbury people. But in the first year, back in 2019, we had a significant number who were coming from surrounding towns. And last year, we had people coming in from New York. They were big Harry Potter fans. They came in full costume. They heard about a friend. And so they came to Connecticut explicitly to join us for Waterbury Harry Potter Day. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Remind us the day again. Waterbury Harry Potter Day is close to Harry Potter's birthday. So it's Friday, July 29th. Uh, You can find information about it on Facebook. So that's facebook.com forward slash Waterbury Harry Potter Day. And this year, because it's been growing, we're going to be extending it to include Saturday, July 30th, as well as the 29th. Nice. Thank you, CJ, for your call. You can join us, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Uh, Dan, we asked uh, Maribel from DECD about how there are targeted ads planned on JetBlue and American Airlines, even a billboard at Penn Station. And she brought it up the point about, you know, when we think about tourists, what do we mean exactly? And so what's your take on Connecticut's target tourists? The last comprehensive look at tourism spending, and I use tourism in quotes, uh, was 2017. And that showed, or at least the last one I'm aware of that, that DECD has, is, uh, and that showed 15, I think, 0.5, I don't, decimals don't matter, $15 billion in spending. 
on tourism, entertainment, and travel. Now, the vast majority of that, I would say, is you and I going out to dinner. We live here, we go out to dinner. That counts. To my knowledge, that counts because rest, the restaurant industry is part of tourism. So so if, if you and I, after the show, meet for lunch to talk about some other shows that you're doing, that things we want to do together, that's tourism, right? Now, you'd like to tease that out because you, and I, you know and I know that that's not tourism, um, <laughs> but it is. And so you have different levels of people that you're trying to reach. The most important thing to me in any tourism campaign, especially for a state like Connecticut, which has had an, a self-image problem in the past, and we've all sort of referred to it here, oh, you know, can Connecticut really do this, is does the campaign succeed in making people who live there feel better about the place where they live? And that's even in New York City, even in, you know, the greatest magnet of the Western world, that you still have to worry about people in New York City feeling good about themselves. I was in and around the city in the 70s. It wasn't a great place. Um, And I think that Find Your Vibe has the ability to do that. It's a big challenge. Not that it's a big challenge because we're not, not such a good state. I think we're a great state. Like Mark, I came here for college decades ago and stayed. But that is still the challenge. When we think about our neighboring states and how much more uh, they may be allocating towards tourism, you know, can we really compete with them? Or as you mentioned, Dan, thinking about um, how to showcase Connecticut to its residents as a great place to live. Well, it wouldn't be appropriate. Excuse me. It would not be appropriate for us to attempt to compete per capita uh, with uh, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, for example, because Rhode Island is... (laughs) It's tourism is going to be a much bigger part of their economy. They don't build jet engines. They don't build helicopters. They do build submarines, by the way, at Quonset, along with uh, that's a piece of uh, electric boat. But they don't, you know, they don't generally have the dynamic economy we have. They have tourism. People go to Newport. And so it's appropriate for them to spend more money because they're attracting people. We're not getting people who who come from Arizona and say, you know, gee whiz, Mildred, what do you want to do for our week's vacation? Well, let's go to Connecticut. That's not happening. What's happening is we have people who live here who want to see more of the place. We have people in New York and Boston and Rhode Island who want day trips. And we have people who are here for other reasons, business travel, uh, you know, maybe somebody's coming here applying for a job and they say, want to look around or you have graduations. I just recently had friends from Germany, one that I grew up with who's an expat in German and his wife, who's German. And we went to uh, the uh, we did the uh, the, the um, Rocky Hill Glastonbury Ferry. And then we drove through South Glastonbury up to the orchards and we went to the winery up there where you can see all the whole valley in Hartford. And then we ate at the two Hopewell restaurant. Great place. Hey, to well, I don't hate to plug it. I'm plugging it. And then we did a walking tour of Hartford downtown. Right. That's tourism. Right. I, I was happy about all those places and they were happy to see it. And it was like, wow, this is great. So is that the type of tourist who was going to see something on JetBlue and say, let's come to Connecticut? No, they were coming to visit me because they were passing through the east coast of, the, of, of America. That's a great point. And I like that itinerary. I'm going to have to uh, write that down after the show. It works, actually. It works really well. (laughs) Unfortunately, in the downtown Hartford tour, some of my, you know, I am a news guy, right? So there's a little skepticism. And a lot of my conversation was about what Hartford could have been if they didn't tear out the heart of the city in the 50s and 60s under uh, urban renewal, which was tragic. Uh, We could have been Portsmouth, New Hampshire easily. And then some. 
And that's definitely another show. You're hearing Dan Har here on Where We Live as we talk about uh, tourism in our state. We'd love to hear from you, whether it's a favorite Connecticut destination or some event happening in our state this summer. Our number, 888-720-9677. Bonnie's calling in from Farmington. Bonnie, what did you want to share? Well, hello, and uh, thank you very much for taking my call, Lucy. Uh, I'm representing the Connecticut Sea Music Festival which is going to be happening uh, next weekend, that's the 10th, 11th, and 12th, down in the beautiful, historic, and quaint town of Essex, Connecticut. Uh, the uh, event is, has replaced uh, a sea music festival that used to take place in Mystic, but we've formed a whole new uh, uh, committee to run this festival and have great support from the town of Essex. Uh, we're going to be having a symposium on Friday, which will be kind of an academic uh, exercise in uh, papers and research on maritime music, song, and uh, history at the Essex Public Library. And then Saturday and Sunday, both days will be filled with activities throughout the town uh, at the Connecticut River Museum, gorgeous spot right down there uh, on the water. Uh, there'll be a large tent. They have a lawn up above their um, uh area there that are going that area will have nautical uh demonstrations knot tying scrimshaw uh things along that nature there will be a family stage in town and the town green will convert into a uh a music venue as well and one of the um studios in essex will uh sponsor a, a small workshops mm. and, and and music throughout the day that sounds the really fun coming Thank you so much, Bonnie. Performers are coming from all over New England and a little farther than that. Mm -hmm. And visitors are coming from all over New England, uh, Washington, D.C. area, and as far away as the Netherlands. Well, that's good to hear. Thank you, Bonnie, for your call. We've got to take some more, but what a great event happening in Essex again, the Connecticut Sea Music Festival. Uh, Thanks for your call. Uh, I want to take another one, Uh, Rich in New London. Rich, what did you want to share? Uh, Hi, uh, Rich Martin calling from New London. Uh, I'm the chair of the new uh, cultural district here in New London, and uh, we've got a great event actually tomorrow night uh, called Eat in the Street. It's uh, something that we started through COVID, but we're continuing because it was a great success. Uh, We'll close down our main street here in the downtown called Bank Street, and uh, there'll be vendors all along the streets. Our restaurants will come out and be serving. Uh, People can sit in the streets. great new world funk band called Shaka Zobu will be playing from six to nine and uh, the event culminates in fireworks right downtown. So uh, the event repeats again in August and then September as well. Uh, And um, it's a good time to explore our downtown and check out what our restaurants have and, and hear some great music and see some fireworks. Thanks, Rich, for your call. Again, you can join us, 888-720-9677. Dan, it sounds like summer, there's always some, there's something for everyone if, if you know where to look. There is. I like in Connecticut to Portugal, right? If you've ever been to Portugal, you can drive within about a 15-kilometer, let's use kilometers, not miles, since it's 
uh, EU uh, it, radius and find an unbelievable amount of stuff to do, you know, castles and activities. And Connecticut is like that. That's, and I think that's what Maribel was saying. By the way, I want to I want to pick up on, we're going to pretend Maribel was still on the show and that she pushed back on my statement that people don't come here for a week's vacation from Florida because she did, she texted me and said, that's not true. If they do come here from Florida, it's too hot in the summer and they want stuff to do here. She's right. People do come to Connecticut. The point is that Connecticut is not a destination that people say, let's go there on our vacation with no other nexus. Maybe that's changing and that can start to happen because you know and I know that there's a lot of stuff going on. It's a, it, But it's a big ask because it isn't, you know, Brooklyn and it isn't Newport, Rhode Island and it isn't Martha's Vineyard. Uh, so are we heading that way? Maybe. But that's just one of many pieces of this. And that's the difficulty. Right. Julie's calling in from Middletown. Julie, what did you want to share? Good morning. Um, I just want to say I am part of the Run 169 Society, and our members try to run a road race in every town in Connecticut. And it has given me such a deep appreciation of the different towns in Connecticut, some of which I had no idea existed before. And I would encourage everybody to do the same thing. If you're a foodie, find a restaurant in every town in Connecticut. If you like to hike, find a hike in every town. If you like a beer, you could probably find a beer or a brewery in almost every town in Connecticut. It's a great, great way to see the state just checking off those those uh, different towns as you go along. Yeah, Julie, I've noticed uh, some of the members of the 169 uh, Society uh, at some of the 5Ks that my husband and son run. So you might have some new members in your near future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all, we're always open to recruiting new members. We, uh, it, it, and you always show up and you have a squad or a tribe at your, at each race. So it's great. Definitely. Thank you, Julia, for your call. You know, that is interesting to think about, you know, hitting uh, each town. We've got a lot of them, Dan. <laughs> I, you know, I think that in, I won't, I won't say how many years, but a lot of years uh, as a journalist in Connecticut, including eight as a photographer, I think I've covered something in every town. And for a while, I had a list. I'm not 100% sure about the town of Hampton, but I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma to cover the National Skydiving Championships with the defending men's and women's champion, a husband and wife from Hampton. Does that count? I think it does. (laughs) So I love that 169 town thing. And it's absolutely true. And of course, that's the strength of Connecticut. And it's also the challenge when it comes to marketing Connecticut, because when you look on the CT visit website, you see all kinds of stuff. Some of it is not very interesting at all, right? Like why is a certain golf course go play on this golf course? The first thing you see when you look at May events, there's tons of better events than that, but that's just because it's a self-feeding thing and you want to have lots of events. That again is the challenge. Do you list the big highlights, the Mark Twain house, the Mystic Seaport? Do you or do you just do you want people to get that broad sense of the state? That's a tough question. And when you have one website, how do you do it? Again, you can join us, 888-720-9677. You know, we've been talking a lot, Dan, about word of mouth or maybe when a relative comes to visit uh, from another state, they're checking out uh, Connecticut, some Connecticut residents uh, who have shared uh, their favorite events or some spots that they enjoy. But we know that Treasurer Sean Wooden recently traveled to Jamaica to promote tourism between Connecticut and Jamaica. We know we have a huge Jamaican community here. What do you think about that initiative? Well, I think uh, it's a stretch to say that you can have a $2 million subsidy for an airline. 
uh, when the airline doesn't yet exist. As you know, we had a subsidy for Aer Lingus going to, uh, to uh, Dublin for a while. That didn't work. That didn't stick around. We had Norwegian Air going to Edinburgh. That didn't stick around. The problem with that is that, yes, you have a lot of people. Connecticut is, what, the third largest Jamaican uh, uh, diaspora? Tremendous in Hartford area alone. Uh, and that's a great place to be. I've been to Jamaica. I love it there. It's fantastic. Can you say we're going to make this airline route where there isn't business travel and where there isn't a tremendous existing amount of travel, say, just someplace like, you know, Fort Lauderdale? I don't know. Uh, it's a tough ask. The $2 million is probably not wasted money, but I don't know that it's going to let in the long run lead to a route that's permanent, a daily route to um, uh, Kingston. Right. Um, before we uh, head to break, I know you shared that itinerary when you had some um, friends from uh, from Germany visiting. But can I put you on the spot when you think about uh, Connecticut? What's a what's a destination that, that you'd think people should check out, Dan? Uh, uh, I, I love what I just mentioned, the ferries leading up to Glastonbury. Um, I personally, I gravitate to the river towns when I have people visiting uh, whether it's Essex or, or Old Saybrook downstate, I, I tend to do the route, the route nine corridor and the spurs along the river town. Um, and to Mark, uh, Ensline's point, I'm a kayaker and the Thimble Islands cannot be beat. And those tours on the Thimble Islands, there's more than one, those boats, they're fantastic. Uh, I take my own boats, but those boats are great. I think the river, the Thimble Islands, the water. Thank you, Dan Har, uh, for that. Anything we're missing when we think about, you know, how the state, um, when they think about their tourism spending and strategy that you want to point out before we head to break? I can't emphasize enough that even though you're marketing to people who are coming here from elsewhere, the main point of the marketing is to make people feel better about the place where they are. Everything emanates out from that. And that's why still revolutionary was it was controversial. Some people said revolutionary for what? But that was the tagline that made people think Connecticut is an innovative state. That's the point of any tourism marketing campaign. Make people feel better about where they are. That's Dan Haar, associate editor of Hearst, Connecticut. We'll look for you in one of those river towns, Dan. I'll be there. Thank you. <laughs> this is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. We're going to take a short break and we'll continue to take your calls as well as hear from a travel writer for The New York Times and The Wall Street Journal. Stay with us. Is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalbathanchel. We're talking about tourism today with summer fast approaching. You can join us, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Joining us now on Zoom is Charu Suri, freelance travel writer for the New York Times and Wall Street Journal. Welcome to our show. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So what do we think about when we've uh, traveled trends in New England this summer? What stands out to you? So the great news is travel spending is actually um, reaching pre-pandemic levels. And according to the U.S. Travel Association, in March, they said the travel spending was $95 billion, which was about 5% below 2019 levels. So what we're seeing is people really wanting to get out 
especially getting outdoors, doing things like forest bathing or going to, you know, the seaport or going to beaches. There's a lot of family travel. People who were a little bit shy and, you know, really respected the lockdown rules in 2020 and even 2021, they're saying no holes barred. They're getting in that car. And despite the rising gas prices, although that's definitely putting a dent in some of the travel plans that you're going to see this summer, they're getting out there. What do you think of uh, Connecticut's new tourism campaign? We started the show with um, hearing some advertising on on some uh, in-flight video, but also at Penn Station. Uh, when you think of Connecticut, are, are you seeing um, ads or destinations highlighted? Absolutely. And that's actually a welcome aspect for me, because normally when I plan my summer travel, I do upstate New York and I see a ton of ads on their front, you know, the Finger Lakes, Seneca Falls. And so it's actually refreshing to see billboards in Penn Station and then all the other campaigns that Connecticut is launching. It makes me feel, oh, there's a lot more to the state than, you know, that I had previously thought. And that's a good thing. Mm, so it's a long time coming <laughs> to get to this point. I absolutely agree. Yes. Uh, and so when you think about Connecticut, you know, what are some of the places uh, that you want to highlight uh, in your travel writing? So there's a lot of great uh outdoor spots. Obviously, there's the Wooden Boat Show in Mystic. I think it's uh, happening again this year, Mystic Seaport Museum, which uh, someone else on the show mentioned, which is great, especially I have a nine-year-old daughter, and I want to do some educational travel for her, even though when school's out, I think a lot of families are thinking on that level as well. So, you know, going to a place with Working Shipyard, Planetarium, Discovery Barn, etc., is actually a wonderful thing for everyone to do. Plus, even with the rising, you know, cases right now, I think people are a little bit shy of venturing towards a lot of um, indoor activities. So while museums may not be the top thing on people's minds, although, you know, Yale uh, museums are always a draw, uh, going to outdoorsy places and even equestrian, which is really taking off in a big way, um, is, is, it seems to be very popular. The great news is um, the occupancy rates are up people are staying much, much longer. They want to go and they want to stay not just like for a few days, they want to stay for like a whole week. So we're going to see for the summer, people are just booking places for like a month at a time, three or four weeks at a time and venturing out, you know, particularly Airbnbs by the beach or even farm stays. You're going to see a lot of that. Lindsay's calling in from Litchfield. Lindsay, what did you want to share? Hi, Lucy. How are you? I'm doing um, I'm just calling to highlight uh, Litchfield, um, the Litchfield region and the Litchfield Jazz Festival in particular. Um, I'm a good friend of John Dankowski's and on the 10th anniversary of the Litchfield Jazz Fest, we invited him to come and interview Dave Grubeck and that actually aired on Where We Live all those years ago. So this is the 27th summer, July 29, 30 and 31. And after a few years of hosting live stream concerts, the festival will be back in person, live at the Frederick Gunn School in Washington, Connecticut. And we're really excited about it. Yeah, in person. Sounds great. Thank you. The Litchfield Jazz Festival, a, a treasure in our state. Uh, Charu, have you heard of, of the Jazz Festival? When we think about music festivals, you know, is that something that people are still interested in? Yes, yes. I'm actually a jazz musician myself, and I, I, I have definitely heard of it. And I think the jazz festivals, we're going to see, you know, people coming outdoors for live entertainment and music. Um, and, you know, the great thing is even when I gig these days, I'm seeing people at full capacity, even indoors, outdoors. So you're going to see a lot of support for this. It's just 
which is great. I'm glad you mentioned that you're a musician. Uh, when we think about, um, I understand that you've also performed uh, in our state. This tagline, find your vibe, when you think about how other states market themselves, what do you think of that tagline? I think it's great, actually. It encourages people to explore their identities. I think during the pandemic, a lot of people did exactly that. They decided whether I should go back to work. Do I want to be where I am? Do I want to stay in the job that I want to? And to actually find yourself and find your vibe is actually a great way for encouraging people to explore who they are and look within because I think we all did that. And uh, I think that's continuing that theme. So it's great. Um, because we're in New England, when we think about state tourism departments in Massachusetts or Maine, you know, what stands out to you and, and how they market um, themselves to tourists? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Like I know in 2020, Maine, uh, in tourism, they, tourists spend about $4.8 billion. And I know that's like a facet of what, could, you know, the tourism revenues are coming to Connecticut. That's just a fraction. But what Maine does really well is just, you know, promote that outdoorsy, that lighthouse, that well-living, you know, the lobsters, the, 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 the crisp, salty um ocean breeze all of that the wellness image really really hits home and wellness is such a big part right now of the way people travel these days because after all that's like one of the highlights after the post the post pandemic and i really shouldn't say post pandemic because we're still very much in it but um but that kind of thinking of being well and taking care of one oneself is really something that maine does really well and i think um that's similar also to Massachusetts, all the Massachusetts, I always think, you know, more historical. Uh, Upstate New York does a great job with the Finger Lakes and promoting wine tourism and, you know, castles and all of that thing. And 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 uh, I think Connecticut is definitely on that path to doing something similar. I think of Connecticut's beaches and I feel really drawn to them, um, even though, you know, I'm a swimmer and I'm like, I can't really swim in that water, but I think it's great just to be by a beach and being, um, outdoors is just a wonderful thing. So I think I think all all those things will come out of the new campaign that I'm seeing. Wonderful. Well, it's good to hear from you, Charu Suri, travel writer, freelance travel writer for the New York Times and Wall Street Journal. Uh, we can't wait for summer. We appreciate your perspective on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Today's show produced by Sujata Srinivasan. Our technical director is Kat Pastor. Katie Pellico was on the phones today. We'll be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm.